What's going on, y'all? I'm Bud Elliott, and this is the Nolcast, a little solo episode tonight. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, and uh, given that there's some stuff going around, I figured I would knock this one out, uh, just in case I end up feeling, you know, a lot under the weather uh, this coming week, and Ingram and I's schedule really didn't match up tonight for a super short notice pod, uh, but FSU did land two commitments this weekend. They had a couple of important official visitors, and uh, also have a little transfer talk, a little strategy to discuss. And so I figured I would just uh, just go over some of this stuff uh, and, you know, talk about it. First, who do you want to thank Tarpon Sellers to start the show? Tarpon Sellers Winery is an absolutely huge sponsor for our show. I actually talked to uh, some friends of ours this weekend about maybe heading out to Cali to hit them up. If you guys are interested, please do. Uh, I know a couple of our sponsors are already talking to them about doing some trips out there, and that'd be pretty dope. So let's go ahead and get into this here. First kid I want to talk about is somebody we actually spoke about last week, uh, and that is Quindarius Jones. Uh, I was at FSU's Elite Camp along with, you know, Brendan Sinone and Chris Nee and those guys, uh, you know, Zach Blostein, and was able to see Quindarius Jones. He popped uh, pretty obviously. I think we all asked, uh, who who is that? And legitimate six foot two. A lot of kids say they're six foot two. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm 6'3", and they're really 6'2". Quindarius Jones is a kid out of Meridian, Mississippi, who uh, could get away with saying that he's 6'3". Uh, but if you told me 6'2", I, I, I believe it. He, I think he is all of that. 187 pounds, and FSU likes him as a defensive back, I was told. Most likely a safety. Uh, I thought at Elite Camp, he was very good, actually. FSU had... We already talked about this, a lack of uh, depth of elite talent there at elite camp. Uh, but he did go against some pretty quality receivers who are already in the class, right? All, all day Dre and then Goldie Lawrence as well. I don't know if he covered Pittman. I, I shot a whole bunch of video of the camp and I, I sent it to Zach. So he's probably putting together some kind of highlight reel, uh, I would assume. And, and I thought he held up pretty well in coverage, which for a guy who... I think you probably project to be, you know, 210, maybe 215 by the time he's a junior. If, if you see the frame, you'll know what I'm talking about in, in person. Um, I, I think that was pretty impressive how, how he was able to cover guys. He's a two-way player in high school, so I, I do like that as well. If you go watch his huddle, as I did, as we discussed on last week's show, um, he he makes a couple of pretty impressive catches. You know, he's, he's scoring touchdowns. Two-way guy. I think he has okay instincts uh, at uh, a defensive back, which is also encouraging. Flip the hips a little bit. Uh, so, you know, not uh, not a bad take, in my opinion. He has some track times, uh, 11 to 7 in the 100. Uh, that's not going to be – that's not going to, you know, even be top 20, in, I think, in any of the state classifications in, in, in the state of Florida – if you were running track. Uh, so that's not a good corner time. Uh, but again, projection wise, 6'2, 187 ish right now. Can he be 6'2, 210 by a sophomore year? I think possibly. And a guy running 1127 um, who projects to be that, that's not a terrible time, especially for a safety. So I, I don't necessarily hate the long speed or, or, you know, the straight line speed. I think the quickness and, and the recognition is solid. I mean, just based on, on what I've seen, I, I haven't gone through 
all of his game film. I've, I've watched his highlights, and he does show some highlights where you know, he uses the quickness to make plays. He also shows some highlights uh, where he's using the recognition and you know just instincts to make some plays. Uh, so I think they've, they've got a guy here who does have some upside. Now, I don't know how much football he's actually played. I haven't seen him play any seven-on-seven seven stuff, which I'd like to do because you would get even more reps of him uh, in coverage. You know, just something to think about there. And he doesn't have a star rating yet. And I probably wouldn't expect him to have a star rating, you know, like this week or, any, or anything like that. Obviously, you got some pretty big events with, with players who we already know are elite right now. And we're kind of shuffling through that overtime seven on seven. Then coming up as well, the Elite 11 uh, camp out there in Los Angeles. Uh, but FSU was one of the first schools to offer Quindarius Jones out of Mississippi. And, and I, I have to suspect that unless there's something here I don't know about, again, like I said, I don't know about, like maybe that's grades or whatever. I, I kind of doubt. I mean, I, I think they probably do their, their due diligence here. Uh, I have to think he's going to get a good number of other offers. So they're in on a kid who maybe he blows up a senior year and becomes a four-star. I, I don't know that. Uh, but it's certainly possible given the size and that he does make some plays. The only way you're going to hold on to a kid like that from out of state is if you were in on him first. And even then, it's difficult to hold on to a player like that if he does blow up recruiting rankings-wise, especially when he's from the state of Mississippi. We've seen this time and again. Charles Cross would be a, a good example of that. Uh, was it Travion Williams last year? The defensive end who went to Mississippi State, who I thought was just a total stud. And uh, he looks – I saw him in a uh, uh, sleeveless shirt the other day at Mississippi State's camp. I was like, oh, okay, that guy's crazy Jack. That's that's going to be a tough loss for Mike Norvell and company. But they do a pretty good job of evaluating for the most part. They don't, they don't always do the best job of actually getting the kids to sign, which I think we've discussed a number of reasons for that. Uh, but I think this was a good eval. They obviously have some kind of connection here to evaluate this kid down to elite camp. Um, they probably saw what they liked when they went around for spring and knew that he should get the invite to elite camp. And I think there is some, I think it's worth reading into that personally, because if, if he doesn't come to elite camp, why doesn't he just come to mega camp? Right. But no, they had this kid down there specifically at elite camp. So they, they had to have an in and obviously Norvell um, and his staff recruited the heck out of Mississippi when he was at Memphis, they, they, they hit the Mississippi junior colleges pretty hard. They hit the high school you know, ranks in Mississippi somewhat hard. I don't hate this take. I think it's probably a pretty good take, to be honest. So we'll see how everything develops here with Quindarius Jones. All right, uh, next one here. And we're going to go kind of quick tonight, as I said. Not, not feeling the best, but I do want to get this done. Before we do, though, I want to talk about legendary home loads. My friends Chad and Shannon do an excellent job in the home loan business. For my money, they're the best out there. 844-FSU-LOAN is the number to call. Tell them the Nolcast sent you. I mean, 400 loans, I believe now, be they you know, new, new home loans or, or refis through the Nolcast program. That's just, I, I don't know. I'm always blown away by that. It's just, just, just crazy numbers. Really appreciate everything those guys do to support our business as well. And we love talking FSU, whether it's here with y'all or with them on the group chat. Uh, I mentioned Mike Morell and his staff have had a history of hitting up junior colleges. And indeed, they have. Uh, one Juco guy that they just took actually is Jaden Jones. This is a kid that 
we did not talk about a lot, but we did talk about it. One of the things I like to do on this show is talk about all the recent offers, maybe what they see in the kid, that that type of stuff. Well, they offered Jaden Jones on May 5th. We, uh, we mentioned him as one of the guys they offered, and I believe what we said was, I haven't seen any new real film on him, and I don't really know what they see. I'll try to find out more. And that's not like I don't get what they're doing here comment. It was just I don't know. Like I'm not going to know every in and out of every single kid FSU offers immediately when they do that. And this was a kid I didn't know about. So junior college player, uh, redshirted in 2021, his first real action at Hutchinson Community College, which is in Alabama, uh, was this spring. And I actually did get to talk to a coach uh, who ran through there this spring, and he was pretty impressed. Basically said, like, the kid is legitimately very long. Uh, he's got a frame to play, you know, at, at 270, 280. He's you know, been reshaping the body. And what he liked, in pra- he basically liked what he saw from him in practice. Th- thinks the guy does have uh, some upside. He's a three-to-play three guy, so it's not your traditional, you know, Juco two years or, or, or one year because he redshirted last year which is pretty common practice. I think nowadays in Juco is this guy's redshirt one year and then they play that final year as they get their grades together. Um, I don't hate this take. I, I, I want to see, I want to see more before I have a, like, I want to see this kid in person at least. I, I pretty much pride myself with the exception of the COVID year. I think I've always managed to somehow see all of the kids in the class in person and watch them move in person pretty often. And I have not seen this kid do like a private workout. I haven't been to Hutchinson Community College, uh, but he's legitimately pretty damn big. If you watch his stuff that he didn't practice this year, which again, it's practice, but Hutchinson Community College does have quite a few kids who will go, you know, play football for scholarships. So not like D2, D3 type stuff. Uh, and he, he looks like he held his own. He makes some athletic plays. I think this is kind of a trust the staff type thing, maybe. But I mean, I'm not going to tell you that he's a no doubt, a no doubt stud. But I'm also not going to tell you that he's a total project. I mean, I, I think it's possible that he comes in and is some sort of contributor immediately uh, when he gets in, and then maybe is uh, you know a downright good player uh, by year two or year three. Uh, I think you could probably use him at like a somewhere between a four or a six tech, right? So that's, that's a hand in the dirt D end. I don't think that he's going to be in a two point stance all that much. I think with that length, uh, his ability to set the edge is, is going to be pretty damn important to me. That's like a Dennis Briggs or maybe if he grows a lot like a Corey Durden, but I, I think that's the upside that you're betting on here, right? It's a guy who legitimately is very big, has some athleticism, is not so raw that you you think, hey, he's a he's a sit to play one type guy, and that's kind of encouraging, right? Uh, I I would say, you know, we'll see. Now, here's the thing: this could go down exactly like Quindarius Jones. What if Quindarius Jones blows up? The retort is going to be, well, are you really going to keep him? Getting in on a kid this early is that even a good idea? And I think my my retort to that would be, A, you're not wrong. If he totally blows up, you might not keep him. Uh, but B, if he does blow up, you're, there's no way in hell, I think, with where you are right now with this staff, 
that you're going to get him if you weren't on him early. So if that happens, I will give the staff uh, credit for getting in on him early, and we'll just have to see if, in fact, that does happen. I also want to thank Congruity HR Solutions, Congruity HR, Matt Lewis, just does a tremendous job. We've used them. Several of our sponsors have used them as well, as well as a number of our listeners. Appreciate their continued support of the Nolcast. A little quickie episode here tonight, as I said. CongruityHR.com is the website to go hit. Tell them we sent you, and that is very much appreciated on their part. Whether it's payroll, HR management, whatever you guys need, they can do it for you. Uh, what? Well, obviously, everybody wants to talk about the quarterback official visits. I was told those went well with Ricky Collins and Brock Glenn. Uh, but we'll have a little more on that. I, I want to get Ingram here for that because I know he's heard some stuff too, and I don't want to you know, kind of step on his scoop. Um, I don't know how to say this kid's name correctly. But I was talking about him the other day with somebody. And it's an interesting process. And I want to tie this into some of the transfers. So Iobami Tafasi. I've typed it several times to people. I've never actually had to say it out loud. Defensive tackle, you know, from kind of like the Atlantic area, you know, Maryland. But interesting situation here in that Maryland didn't play a whole lot of football during COVID. So 20, which would have been his sophomore year in high school, I don't believe they played much. 21, obviously still had some weird stuff going on. 22, I think they they should play. Uh, however, this is a kid who, if I believe if I had this right, cl- reclassed back to 23 and now may reclass back up to 22. So I think age to level, to s- steal a baseball scouting term, he is on the appropriate level for his age and, and grade. Six foot four, 300 pounds. I'm, I got to tell you, if they like this kid, if they think Odell Haggins can do something with him, that's really good size, obviously. He doesn't look like he's in terrible shape. Um, to, to go with the, with the two kids that they signed last year, who are already, I mean, they both got in for spring and they both were impressing the coaching staff quite a bit. Um, you know, you, you, Put him with with you know, Jimbo Bishop like that's that's a pretty nice combo. I don't know exactly if they will get him. I know Arkansas is involved. A couple other schools are involved as well. But if he reclasses from twenty three to twenty two, the one thing I want to say here, and he's a I think a high three star recruit. I've never seen this kid in person. Obviously, he's a twenty three who may reclass to a twenty two. But I I do really trust our guy in the Northeast and Brian Doan, who is a, a very diligent grader of prospects and like does not throw out four stars or even high three-star grades uh, just willy-nilly. You, you really have to earn it there. Uh, if they take him and he reclasses the 22, you have some interesting situations going on because you already took you know, Emmanuel, who's potentially going to start for you on the offensive line. We'll see. Uh, we talked about Jazz and Turrentine. Last week on the podcast, the offensive line from South Carolina, they're trying to figure out if they want to give him a scholarship or maybe encourage him to walk on. I don't think Michigan State has a scholarship for him. Maybe FAMU does. Uh, Oregon, the defensive back, uh, Damon David, came in this weekend. I know FSU is in a good spot for him if they push. The thing is, like, we weren't even talking about Tafasi last week as far as taking up one of those final spots uh, until we realized, like, hey, him reclassifying is a legitimate possibility. 
So when we when we were saying, hey, like, do you want to use that last scholarship on Jazz and Turrentine? A lot of people thought it was a no-brainer just because the guy plays offensive line. And maybe they will, and maybe they will, and it will work out. Who knows? But maybe they don't. Maybe they say, all right, is this kid really a starter for us or really a second stringer? Can we use this scholarship spot in another another place? Are there walk-ons that we feel like are better than these guys who probably should be walk-ons? This is the, the thing. There are going to continue to be names popping up throughout the process and throughout the summer, whether they're you know junior college kids or kids who are late qualifiers. It, it always happens. Just because these are the guys in the transfer portal, the, the portal is not the only avenue to get new players over the summer, right? Um, you have other options, right? Whether they're junior college kids or high school guys who reclassed or high school guys who all of a sudden qualify. They're like, oh, okay, that's actually an eligible player for us. Got to check on that. Anyway, uh, I mean, maybe you take Damon David. I I don't know. I Do you like him better than Jazz and Turrentine? It's hard to say because they play different positions. Uh, Turrentine is a one-year guy. David has a couple years to play. So if you take David, you need to be pretty sure uh, that that is a guy that you think is going to play for you and help you. Um, and then what does that do if you take Tafasi, who obviously I think they – I think they would take if, if he wants in and, and wants to reclass. Anyway, that's kind of your, your quickie uh, recruiting rundown here. Uh, I will see Collins and Brock Glenn in about two weeks in person, uh, and as well as, as Chris Parson, who did visit uh, Mississippi State over the weekend, as we discussed, or, well, discussed that he was going to do so. As of now, he is not decommitted from, from the Knolls, so we'll see. This is kind of late. Sunday evening here, my time, uh, but we'll see how this continues to progress. You know, um, that's pretty much all I have for tonight. And we will do a combo or not a combo, but just an episode with both hosts later this week, assuming that I'm feeling all right. So I uh, will see you guys then. Take care.